Okay. So good evening, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, you are very welcome to another evening with Sidoni, Giselle, and myself. We are Christian Women in the UK, or at least the three of us represent the ministry that is Christian Women in the UK. We connect believers in Jesus Christ, your female, regardless of race, cultural background, even language. Come and roll with us. We are on Facebook, and you can also find us. The website is cwuk.org, right? Yes. Cwinuk. Yes. Cwinuk.org. I'm sorry. And we've got the lovely Giselle here who runs Pearls of Grace Ministry. She's very graceful, as you can see. <laughs> so find her as well on Facebook. And Giselle does wonderful Bible studies. Mm -hmm. um, that are held every Tuesday and you can also find a lot of her videos she's a YouTube star basically guys that's what I'm trying to say so um, if you were with us was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago we were talking about um, the lovely Bathsheba so once every month and it's usually the last Thursday of the month we do the women in the Bible series and we talked about this woman she was so interesting we thought we needed to come back to her so um, we are talking about Bathsheba. And so I think if you weren't here last time, we'll do a bit of a recap. So I'll just go back to Giselle. So Giselle, if you were to talk to somebody who wasn't here last time, how would you, what would you say about the story of Bathsheba in a, in a nutshell, basically? Well, at the start of us talking the last time about Bathsheba, by the end of our conversation, my whole perception of Bathsheba changed totally because I started off thinking she was conniving, uh, mm. a, a, a seductress and mm. all the rest of it. Then I end up realizing that she was none of those things. Mm. She And she really was, she was taken advantage of big yeah. time. She was taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, so that's in a nutshell what I think about her. Brilliant woman she is, was, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, she had a she had a suspicious mind, guys. Remember <laughs> that Elvis Presley song, "Suspicious Mind." <laughs> yeah, I, I, but you know what? What you say is true. Um, um, and I really don't know why, because you know, when you read the Bible, it's actually quite clear. And I think this is one good reason why we should study our Bibles, because I think a lot of people kind of hear of Bathsheba through hearsay. A lot mm. of people have that impression about her. I'm mm. not quite sure. And I have to say that some of it is actually even misinterpretations by preachers. Mm. I remember, I think it might have been last year, I was horrified to watch a preaching by um, someone who talked about Bathsheba. And they didn't speak about her in a complimentary way. In fact, the way the person thought of her was that she was a like a conniving woman, almost like this woman, she kind of knew that David was a king and she knew what she was doing. And mm. I was like, dude, did you really read that story very well? <laughs> so I think for a very long time, I think Bathsheba has just been misinterpreted. And mm. if you're the kind of person who relies on what people say and other people's interpretations of the Bible, of course, mm. it's good to have teachers. But yes. this is why we must all be Berean Christians, really. Mm. So, and you see, that, that shows as well, sorry for interrupting, that shows as well that whatever the person at the pulpit says, mm. go home and test the scriptures yourself. Test it, girl. I like that. Test I it. like that. Seriously, That's because true. not all people at the pulpit are speaking biblical truth. That's, That's true. true. And it's easy these days to just defer, right, to somebody because they're oh. a 
theologian or they went to seminary for five, six years, whatever. So and, good. you know, just because somebody is a pastor, and I think sometimes there are honest mistakes, right? We see in the Bible where Priscilla and her husband um, yeah. correct, they correct this guy, right? He was preaching from his heart, but he wasn't accurate. So, and I think that it's, it's okay. It's okay sometimes to look at something and look at the scriptures and acknowledge that, okay, maybe your pastor didn't get it that right. Because I think mm. sometimes we almost idolize these people. They're human. Yeah. They can make true. mistakes. And, you know, pastors who know their thing, sometimes they're grateful if you if you go up to them and you politely say, hey, pastor, I looked at this. You know, mm. they may be like, oh, wow, that's great. I've never seen it like that. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, of course, it depends on who your pastor is. At the same time, you don't have to show people up when you, yeah. you, you're correcting them. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that if somebody is misleading people with the scriptures and you're mm -hmm. able to find out better than yeah, it's worth saying something. So Sidonie, for you, what was your great takeaway concerning Bathsheba? How she was able to turn what was a traumatic event in her life to make it a life-defining moment in a positive way just by mm. forgiving yes. I think her her power to forgive turned what was effectively rape if we mm. yes. know what it is it was turned rape and because she was able to forgive she enjoyed she enjoyed a long marriage with the king but also her son became the king. I mean, some yes. of that, we, we started getting into that. It was a bit debatable as to some of her antics and, and politics. But she was able to turn what was a very traumatic event to, for any woman. You know, yes. rape is a, is a traumatic thing. But she was able to turn that because she was able to forgive and marry this man. Okay, maybe she didn't have a choice in, in her marriage to him. But by all accounts in the Bible so far, we have seen that they enjoyed a long marriage yeah. and she was referred as referred to as his favorite wife almost yeah um so Baby. yeah I think <laughs> <laughs> when you just hear favorite wife and <laughs> you're thinking how yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah no for me yeah. that's what that's what struck out how her yeah. power to forgive helped her turn a traumatic a yes. life-changing traumatic event um to you know, and even though David did pay for his sins. Oh, absolutely. Um, with her, yeah. but God still used that situation. And out of that came Solomon. Yeah. Know, and, and, you know, the book of Proverbs and all the wonderful things that we've got. So, yeah, for me, that was the, yeah. that was the great takeaway. Yeah. And, yeah. Do, do, do you know, ahead, I think it's a, lo a lovely thing out of that too. The, mm. uh, Solomon being born of the union of Bathsheba and David. It's mm. reputed that. Psalm 119, the longest psalm in the Bible, mm. that each psalm is broken down into stanzas, uh, 22 mm -hmm. of them, in fact, and each stanza starts with um, the Hebrew alphabet. Mm. That is reputed that David wrote these. Oh, I know that. Yes. To teach Solomon the Hebrew alphabet. Oh, wow. Okay. So he took his time upon all those wars. He had time to tutor his kids. <laughs> there you go, fathers who claim you that you're say, working too hard. You see, uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. they got fighting wars, running a country, and he said time to tutor his kids. <laughs> and, and and I and I came across that quite a few weeks ago because bless Sue, she's been doing, and she's only I think like two stanzas left to do. She's done on a you know, alternative Tuesdays. We uh, uh, lead the Bible study. 
And mm. when her Tuesdays are, so it's uh, like twice a month, she's doing every stanza of Psalm 119. Wow. And it's beautiful in-depth Bible mm. study. So it is. When mm. she finishes that, she's going to do the whole book of Proverbs. So how she's going to break oh, that up, I don't wow. know. I'm looking forward. That would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. They're all on the uh, uh, YouTube site. Mm. It'll be oh. nice to catch it. Because you know what? It's interesting you should say that because if you look at the Psalms, they're poems, right? They're very yep. rhythmic. I think they were written mm -hmm. with, for music. And isn't it interesting that if David was teaching his son the alphabet and writing like that, Solomon ends up being this amazing writer, yes. right? You know, very philosophical, sitting there just like, I always joke that Solomon had so much peace on his hands. <laughs> so but it's clear to see that he, he clearly took that creativity mm, from his father. Yeah. And yeah. the womanizing as well, if we're honest. He was, you know, he was, he he was clear, he was clearly, he was clearly well taught educational wise. Um, yeah. In all, um, all aspects. Yeah. But and and he was well uh, uh, taught in social aspects too because do you remember the last time yeah. we finished talking about it? I read mm -hmm. the verse out that when his mother Bathsheba came into the court, yeah. he ordered a chair to be brought in for to her and him. sat yeah. beside him. Mm. It you know was, what, Solomon, man, that guy. I, so, who marries a thousand wives? You have to have a way with the ladies. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so it was also smooth. I mean, the Bathsheba story, if I'm honest, kind of shocks me a little bit because, like, when you read about David, he was good looking, he was all these things, right? I suppose it was just that thing of the challenge of having what you like, having something that's forbidden. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, like, dude, you were the king of the country, you could have had any woman, you really didn't mm -hmm. have to have that. But mm -hmm. I think for me, what I really like, like you said, Sidoni, about Bathsheba is the power of her forgiveness, yes. but mm -hmm. I'm also it's very hard for me to talk about this without drawing David into it because I love the fact that David came to his senses, right? When the prophet came and he realized what he had done, it's almost as if his eyes opened to how badly he had behaved. Mm -hmm. And so he goes on this huge repentance thing because sometimes people think you can repent to God, but you don't go back to the person that you hurt, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very important that he went back to her. I feel like that actually helped her heal because if mm -hmm. he had just been arrogant and not done anything you know because later on we're going to talk about the story of Tamar and her brother mm -hmm. you see what a difference that makes because one person was very remorseful you know really mm -hmm. sorry tried to make it up to her mm -hmm. and it's also interesting to me that David did not hide this story because he could have probably said to the prophet, okay, keep it quiet. It will just be among us in the court. But he goes and writes Psalm 51. Mm. You know, that's one of the most popular Psalms, I think. It's mm. a very popular Psalm, in my opinion, anyway. Mm. And he makes this thing very public. He doesn't hide his sin. Mm. So I think that that is very interesting. Mm. And I love the fact also that you know, David, he fights for this child, right? He begs God and God is like, no, David, you have to learn a lesson. And he, mm. he surrenders the consequence mm. of, of what he's done. Mm. I think that's often hard for us. Sometimes, you know, we sin, but we just want to get away with it. Mm. But I think sometimes even when God forgives you, oh, you're going to feel the consequence of what you've done. Mm. And just like David, I think you have to accept it mm. and see that there is... You know, you can move on from this. Because for mm -hmm. Bathsheba, you can think she could have easily resented David. She mm -hmm. could have thought, okay, 
even I could have been consoled that I have a child, but see, because of your sin, this child has died. So mm. that woman dug deep for forgiveness, to be honest. Mm. And it's, I really loved, it shows you that, you know what, bad things can happen to you, but with the help of God, you can move on. Mm-hmm. Because for another person, that could kill them. Mm-hmm. That could really kill them. But for me, her resilience is probably my biggest takeaway. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And she did suffer a lot. Oh, yeah, she like, did? Yeah. Like I said, the last time she lost her husband, she lost a baby with uh, David. You know, and she went through the, the uh, uh, horrific... I'm sure it was really horrific for being raped and mm. then being yeah. shunned and everything. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. It was. Literally, the way David treated her was bad. He sent mm. her away. And then, yeah. you know, when she said she was pregnant, like he just tries to dismiss the whole thing. Mm. Man, I'm, I'm sure that woman has a very nice seat in heaven. Honestly. Yeah. So, because seriously. she forgave big time. She really, yeah. she dug deep, man. It's not easy. Like mm. you, I, I, I had read the story several times before, but it wasn't until, say, we were talking about it that you really notice it that the bath she was taking outside was a ceremonial bath. Mm. Yeah. It, it wasn't just an everyday common or garden bath. Right. Yeah. Pardon yeah. me. Uh, and it was you, as you, it was commanded by the law of Moses. So Moses. she was doing the right it's thing. Very yeah. Yes. Yeah. David was, was doing the wrong thing by spying on her. I mean, what was he doing? He was a perv. He was perving. He <laughs> had three in the morning looking out of the window. But you see, that's another interesting thing you said, um, G, because, you know, I think it's deliberate when they start that reading. And they say it, it was a time when kings were supposed to be at war. Yes. What was David doing at home in the first place? Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. and sometimes, guys, yeah. when, you, when you're not where you're supposed to be, yeah, but things happen. Yeah, uh-huh. how many yeah. people have found themselves? There are people today who are in jail because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. that saying goes that an idle mind is a devil's workshop. This is a uh-huh. classic example. Because uh-huh. if he had been at war, you know, David was he was very focused on winning when he was at war. His mind would have been there, uh-huh. you know, and he had what he had. He already had two wives at that point, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it was just it was just one of those things i suppose it's just to tell us that when we are supposed to be somewhere please just be where you're supposed to be yeah. Skyving can have very serious consequences mm-hmm. yeah so um i also love that the the way the people who do this book analyze it because like you said G it's easy to miss many things about Bathsheba because even though I knew I vaguely knew the story obviously when I was a kid and then I think it was watching a pastor in America who broke it down and then I realized this was essentially rape and I thought Mm -hmm. whoa I'd never seen it like that and then the way the women here talk about Bathsheba and she was very a very smart woman clearly Mm -hmm. right very politically astute Mm. you know and in a world where obviously as a woman you couldn't really come out and do certain things mm. she managed to 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 use her power in her own way for example you, you talk about we, we talk about solomon's wisdom right mm-hmm. but how much of it was really the input i mean okay we know god gave him wisdom but mm. you know you wonder how much he learned his mother because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when we talk about i mean there's this People think that Proverbs 31 was written about her, right? Mm-hmm. 
if that is true, then she clearly made an impression on him. So mm. I love the fact that, you know, not only was she able to come out of this horrific situation, she was able to be a balanced parent to her mm. son and mm. probably her other sons as well. Because we know how trauma can affect the way people parent. Mm. So for her to even be such an honorable example to her son mm. and, you know, to... I kind of, you know, the, the theories that they, they put about um, Solomon and his brother fighting for the throne and how he got her to intervene. I think I'm likely to go with the second one that Bathsheba knew what was going to happen. She mm. knew that if she told Solomon of his brother trying to marry their father's concubine, you know, that was some sort of an assault on his legitimacy as king. And mm. I think that Bathsheba knew very well what he was doing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she, she did. told her son. You know, I mean, she had been in the court, she'd learned all this. So I love that she was able to, within her own sphere of influence, use her power. Mm. You know, because I, I see a lot of similarities, not in a bad way, but there are clearly qualities that say Jezebel had similar qualities. No, what's the other Jezebel's daughter that we talked about? Athalia. You see how influential she was on her children as well. Mm-hmm. But you see the difference? Like she just got her children to be very evil. Mm. But Bathsheba had the same type of influence, but it turned out for good for her kids. And it, again, I think it's you are who you worship, right? Mm. Because we are not told strictly about Bathsheba's own conversations with God. Focus seems to be on David. But like you said, G, the fact that she was taking a ceremonial bath, mm-hmm. it gives us a clue as to her devotion. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe that's what even saw, not maybe, I believe that that's what even saw her through this whole thing. She must have gone to God and cried and said, what is this, you know? Mm -hmm. Big time. And and you just said something there too, Nigel, when you said that Athea brought up her children in an evil way and Bathsheba brought up her children in a godly way. And it just dawned on me, aren't we told in Proverbs too, that bring up a child in the way of of the Lord and it'll stand to them. Mm. So I wonder who wrote that proverb. Was it Solomon Wonder wrote that proverb? Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Isn't, mm. Hasn't he written a fair number of the uh, yeah, he uh, has. proverbs? It makes it him actually. I think, yeah. I think yeah. He, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that just shows then that uh, Solomon was brought up in the way yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. And it certainly I, stood to him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it will be interesting to know because when I look at Psalm 51 and how sincerely it's written, you know, you think if this information was made public in Israel, right? I'm just trying to think if you were in Israel at that time, how did this affect the society? For mm. a king to come out and say this, I feel like in a way, it was also David's way of denouncing a cultural past that was bad. Mm. Because, you know, in those days, it was just something men did, right? I mean, there clearly Israel had laws against rape. So maybe that was enough of a, a turn off mm-hmm. for some men, but clearly people still did these things. But I love that he, he came out and denounced something that may have made people think, like if even our king can show so much remorse for this. Mm-hmm. But I also mm-hmm. love that you see the mercy of God at work because David really deserved to die, if we're honest. Even mm-hmm. based on the law of Moses, he should have died. But mm-hmm. somehow God gave him a chance. And, you know, then he shows his gratitude by writing this beautiful psalm. But also, I love that, like you said, G, from that union that started out in just the worst way possible, adultery, murder, 
the most beautiful child came out of it. Yes. And this is the thing, like God can, God can pull out goodness out of anything because like God has just punished you, right? One minute, like, okay, this child must die. This child is a product of adultery. But from that same union, then it's almost like he says, okay, I'm going to give you a child that will just console you. He becomes this wisest man in the world. So the Bible says that something... God, you know, God punishes those he loves. He disciplines yeah. those he loves and yeah. he punishes those that are his children. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For me, that I just love the fact that so much beauty, when you look at Solomon and his writings, like you said, just, Solomon was clearly a very sophisticated guy, right? Mm. I think if he was in this era, like he would be a pinup. <laughs> so I feel mm. like, yeah, God... And again, it just shows you that God really does cast our sins in the sea of forgiveness. Mm. Because when you see how Solomon comes up, it's almost as if nothing happened. Mm. Yeah. Right. Also, there's something yeah. about the, the sovereignty of God in all this. There's, there's these people obviously making their own choices and their own mm-hmm. having exercising their own free will to make choices. Mm-hmm. But there's also God, who is the sovereign King, moving these chess pieces, as it were to do his perfect will um yes and I think that's you know we mustn't because David obviously makes his choice which is the the wrong choice and then he compounds that by making an even bad choice to to kill Uriah um Mm -hmm. and even when Nathan comes to him Nathan's you know part of Nathan's parable to him here in 2nd Samuel 11 is of all the women of all the daughters in in Israel you could have had why why this one like you could have had your pick why this one said but you know despite all of that God is still God still looks at the redeeming quality in David and you know it reminds me of like you know Abraham and David and and Lot when God sorry um, God and Abraham and Lot when God says he's going to burn down the city and yes you know God says to Abraham, if you, if you can find me five righteous people, or however many righteous people, I will spare <laughs> that city. It was that bad even God was bargaining. <laughs> I really don't want to kill these people. I really, yeah. But doesn't that show you that God really doesn't want us to come to harm? It's yeah. just that, you know, sometimes things happen, right? But even Abraham was like, that's one of the funniest parts of the Bible for me because yeah, you yeah. literally see it. It's like a haggle, right? He's like, okay, um, let's do 50. Okay, no, what if I came down? And even then, place must have been terrible. Exactly. But that shows that God looks at, he really wants to look at our hearts. And he really wants, and you know, even in, in, in the Psalms, it says David was a man after God's own heart. So God really wants to look at those redeeming qualities in us. And so, you know, it doesn't matter how bad you think your sin is, um, because let's yeah. face it, David was a murderer, a rapist, and a lot of other things we can call this man. A daughterer. Um, you know, but in him, in him and through him was the line of Jesus, the Messiah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Imagine that. And we can you can in this culture of today that you know it's called the cancel culture we yeah. would be so quick to cancel oh my goodness. david david would so have been cancelled to write him off we're mm-hmm. so quick to write people off we're so quick to you know um delete people <laughs> um, and so quick to 
block people. <laughs> but we forget that the sovereignty of God is at work in everybody's life. And, and sometimes those that have committed the worst sins, yes, when they truly repent through them, God will bring about something beautiful and marvelous. But the, the other thing as well with David is he doesn't escape the consequence of his sin. Absolutely. Yeah, so God doesn't necessarily say, you know, I, you won't, you know, you started a fire. Yeah, your house is going to burn. I might it's give you a bigger to... house, but the house you're living in is going to burn. It's going to burn. You started the fire. <laughs> so you're going to have you to know, learn. God's, you're going to have to learn. You know, God is not a fire firefighter that's going to come put out that fire for you magically and leave you in the house. It's not. Yes. You've, you've done the deed. You'll get the consequences. However, he does promise that out of those ashes he will give you beauty for your ashes and he does promise that if you do come to him um you know repentantly with a truly repentant heart he will give you even better than you had before you know the glory of the latter house is going to be a lot better and far brighter than that of the former and there's just this thing of yes our choices are bad but we shouldn't be quick to cancel people we shouldn't be quick and in in the culture of today that is so and you know anti-culture of today's society people are quick to write people off oh you know this person's so and so and this person did this and this person did that can't believe this person did this but through even their bad deeds can come Mm -hmm. something beautiful and so you receive God at work here, like um, you know, He's moving those pieces. Yes, the individual people are making all these horrible choices, and some are making good choices. And you know, even when Bathsheba herself goes into Solomon to make to make sure that you know Solomon is the one that succeeds um, his father, she's not doing a very morally upright thing either. She's you know she's scheming, and but then you think too costly. <laughs> but 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 you think when you think. Jacob and Esau, yeah. those parents. Rebecca, she did yes. a similar thing. Rebecca but you know what you're saying is true. Yeah, you know, but out of, out of mean, Rebecca's came something else. But look at Bathsheba's yeah. own results. Yeah. <laughs> How can I put it? What we said, especially about cancel culture, is true. But I also think that even in the church, in some ways, I think the church was doing cancel culture, even before society, if I'm honest. <laughs> because you hear these stories of how people, you know, get, um, like people just get thrown out of a church, right? Mm. Um, if, you know, back in the day, mm. for example, you had these artists, right? A lot of the soul artists mm. in America, they started out in the church. And because they were playing R&B or whatever, they got kicked out of the church or people didn't want to have anything to do with them. And I think sometimes Christians too can be like that. Mm. Or there are times when, okay, somebody can be living completely reckless now, right? Unapologetically, you know, the opposite of what God is um, mm. wants them to do. Mm. But I think sometimes as Christians, we, we don't even, like you said, we don't look to see whether this person has redeeming qualities or mm. we don't even believe that these people have redeeming qualities. But, mm. you know, you don't realize that that person, you don't know that in their private time, you don't know the conversations that they're having with God. Mm. You don't know that what you said, God can take this very person and totally Mm. change them. Look at Saul, right? One minute he saw wanting to kill Christians. Mm. And then next on that one, I'm on, I'm on two minds. I think there are two things that play there. So in a church where there is membership, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be part of the members of the church. And you say you're going to, and you um, say you're going to listen to the leaders of the church um, mm-hmm. and they have the rules in place. Now, say, for example, you know, one of those members was living unapologetically against scripture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the elders of the church and it is almost, it is probably even biblically, if I remember right. Oh, no, I understand what you're saying. And put him out. They can't, they, they, they mustn't yeah. chuck him out of the church, but they can put him out of that membership because that sets an example. Yes. No, that's um, true, I agree. But, yeah. you know, yeah, but I, again, I agree with you. It's, it's a case of... I agree. I think, yeah. I think, no, for me, I agree with what you're saying. I completely agree. You see that in Corinthians. But I mm. think it's also the fact that Sometimes some people, because they're Christians, they look outside. This is more about people who are even Christians, uh, right? Okay, right? And okay. sometimes people yes. look at them and they're like, no, that's it. You're going to hell. You're mm. no good. You're... But that same person, you don't know what will happen to them the day they truly meet God. They can become mm. completely different people. So mm. I think what I'm just saying here is that, and sometimes it's hard. Some people are just so much, right? It's, it's hard. really hard to, but I think it's always good to just remember that even if you don't see their redeeming qualities, God can see because you hear these stories of people who maybe when they were younger they were living a certain way and then now they become a preacher and people who went to school with them are like oh please he can never be a preacher I know him he was a like a womanizer when we were at uni but people can change God it's interesting because a couple of years ago you know one of the members of the group sent me a message and I think um well not I think she'd been um abused as a child and mm. her abuser was a family member and this person I think they must be terminally ill or they were terminally ill mm. and they then um found Christ and gave their life wow. to Christ and this lady was really struggling with the concept that this person's going to heaven um, yeah. she was really really struggling because it is something that from childhood you know she was abused as a child by a very close family member um yeah. and I basically you know I, I had to say to her at, at some point and I said God's grace it, and and his forgiveness is mm-hmm. it's a, it's for everyone yes. It was for the thief on the cross. Mm-hmm. It was for Saul on the road to Damascus. Yes. It was for you. Mm-hmm. And it's also for that for that man in your family. Absolutely. And you might have been a Christian for 20 years and he's been a Christian for five minutes before he dies. Yep. But God's mercy is such that he says, if you believe in your heart and confess with my, with your mouth, I am God, you will exactly. be saved. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to be shocked when they get to heaven and they see who is yeah. and who isn't there. Mm. There's a joke about that. I don't know if you remember that joke, Sidoni, in Cameroon, <laughs> where somebody dies and they go to, I think they go to heaven and they get kicked out of heaven and then they go <laughs> to hell and then they go to hell and they see, I think they're local priests. Like, yeah, I think I've heard that one. And then the bishop, the bishop is at the back. 
<laughs> but you were just about that, right? And I think particularly with this molestation one, it's it's such a deep thing. Mm. And you're right. This is, I think, because the world has its own way of saying things. If mm. you're a good person, good things will happen to you. If you're, you know, you've done something bad, you should suffer. And this woman is not alone. There are many people who will say mm. to you, I don't understand a God who can forgive a rapist. Mm-hmm. There are people who just the concept of God's forgiveness is fine if it's for them, if it's or for it's them. fine, or if it's fine if it's for crimes that they consider well, some kind of petty crime that is not yes. so bad. Maybe you stole or whatever, but rape. Some people cannot mm. get their head around that, and yeah. I think, and that's what I said what, to her. Hmm. I said, you know, you have to think about how you are classifying sin. Um, and it was a, it was a hard conversation, but it was perhaps one she needed to hear. Yes. Um, and like, and like and the, I, the, the thing is too, though, somebody I, I'm a great believer in deathbed confessions. I really mm, am because yes. in somebody's final minutes, we don't know what they've said. So mm. that's I, I I do believe in deathbed confessions, mm. but it, with a rapist or anybody like that, that is, it becomes a you know, repents and for five minutes a Christian. They will have their judgment in front of God. Mm. They will be mm. judged. And you know, oh, believe what they've done. But, yeah, believe you me, God knows whether they were true of heart in repenting yeah. and receiving Jesus at their final That's breaths, true. or whether Very they were just important. doing it. Oh, I've lived a life of what I've wanted. Oh, but just really do uh, cover my just back. in case. I'll just, I'll just in case. God knows the difference. <laughs> God knows the difference and you will not be fooled. So I'm not saying that a lot of people on deathbed confessions and last minute confessions are just covering their backs, but mm. Mm, okay, some are. Yeah, I just mm. if you're covering your back. Yeah, but yeah. that's a really interesting one. And I think also sometimes with, 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 with sin or with things like this is how people, what people think is forgivable. Because the world certainly has standards. Exactly. And that's what I said to her. You know, you're classifying sin, but God doesn't, you know, the lie you told yesterday, for example, it's as as sinful in God's eyes as a person who committed murder. It's just in our morally, in our moral conscience as human beings, we place murder above lies, but to God, sin is sin. And look what Jesus did with the woman caught in the act of adultery. Yeah. He told them that he was... Yeah. What did he say to her? You Where's, where's your accusers? They're gone. Okay. Go on That's home and sit and sin no more. He no didn't, more. No, he didn't give her a hard time. At least she was caught in adultery, right? And Jesus tells her, oh, but look at what Jesus said to me. If you even just look. <laughs> <laughs> Where was the Nothing, man? Right? Mm. Yeah. So he's like, look, dude, it's not only about being caught in the act. If you even look and your mind starts running to places that it's not mm. supposed to run into. And in other mm. words, what are you saying to just because people cannot see you committing adultery or committing a crime, mm. it doesn't mean that God doesn't see you. Because mm. again, a lot of the time people will get away with stuff, right? Because they've not been caught. Mm. You know, the only difference I think between most people and the person who is, you know, standing in public disgrace is that other people didn't see you doing what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. we have to remember that. And I think we talked about this when we're talking about forgiveness, the fact that if you want God to forgive you, right? Mm. What makes you think that another person doesn't want that of God as well? Mm. And if you're so desperate and you're begging God for forgiveness and you expect him to forgive you, Mm. then 
in a way it's cruel to then say yes i deserve forgiveness god but don't forgive the other person exactly between you and god now who is god you or god you oh. are going to tell god what to do and yeah. it doesn't work yeah and also you know don't try to do a david don't use don't try to do, use a sin to cover another sin like to cover a sin, yeah. you know, he'd already done he'd already committed rape but then he yes. added murder on top of it. It was just worse. owned up. <laughs> I mean, you just imagine what could have gone on. He would have even committed even more sins, right? Mm-hmm. He would have, if God, and what you said to Donny about, you know, what God did for David, sometimes, like God is really like a parent. He will stop you in your tracks mm-hmm. because David could have probably gone on and done. Imagine if he'd gotten away with it, right? Married Bathsheba, carried on with his life. What makes you think he wouldn't have looked at another woman and thought, oh, I got away with this last time. Let's go and bring wife number four. You know, so God was probably like, I need to stop this David before he destroys himself. Mm. You know, so Mm. even though it seems harsh, again, Mm. it's that thing about the parent. You see your child going into the fire and you stop Mm. them. Of course, the crap, the child was crying. Is that all of David's sins so far did not stop his purpose? No. He, He still was the greatest king Israel ever had. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, in his journey, he did some really horrid things um, mm. to get there, but he got to where God had purposed him to get to. So, you know, in our journey of life, we will do some horrible things, some of us, some worse than others, but, you know, mm. all sinful. Um, but if you stay connected to God and you stay humble and with a truly repentant heart like David did, mm. God will, you will see your purpose. You'll pay for your sins. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you will achieve the purpose that God has, but you have got to stay close to God. You've got to stay yes. close to him. Um, otherwise you lose your way. Um, but if you stay close to him, like we see in David, doesn't matter what he did, he repented and he turned his heart towards God. And it's like us. We will fall so many times in our journey, won't we? Um, but we always cry out to God. And as long as we stay connected to him and cry out to him, he promises to forgive us. He's faithful to forgive us. Um, mm-hmm. And he will make sure that we stay, or well, we try to make sure that we stay in his will and his purpose mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will help us accomplish mm-hmm. that. Doesn't mean that we won't pay for our sins. Doesn't mean that our sins don't have consequences, some of which we will experience mm-hmm. in this life. Um, or most of which you probably will experience in this life. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And he will be with us throughout the journey. Um, mm-hmm. As he was with David, you know, we, David had yeah. some really low times. He went through some Psalms are like, you know, there are Psalms of pain, oh, person yeah. going depression. David went through mm-hmm. some really dark times. Yeah, um, yeah he did. You know, his, his children, like raping each other. It, it, oh some my really goodness. horrible things. Something else. Yeah. You know, some really dark, horrible things happen in David's life. Um, but throughout that, I am reminded in David's life that throughout all of that, he remained in God and he remained faithful to God. Um, and God also was with him throughout all of that. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, God made sure that his son succeeded him. God even made sure that through him came the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know however many generations later and so yeah. you know it doesn't matter what our journey holds and how many times before and the pain will come mm-hmm. the yeah. trials will come believe me the enemy will throw things at you 
But God is faithful. God is faithful to see you through to the end. And the victory is ours. The worst the enemy can do is piss us off in this life. And, you know, I'm learning that every day. You know, the the worst the enemy can do is make life difficult for me here. But my here is very temporary. He can't do anything about my eternity because that's already secured in life. So it's kind of like, mate, if you want to piss me off for 120 years or however long I'm going to be on this earth. That's fine. You go right ahead. I know where my forever is going to be. (laughs) But as you you say, so don't you, uh, the whole lineage all the way through David uh, uh, to the Messiah. And it just shows you that the cunning, evil, dick dastardly ways of the enemy, trying mm. to trip David up every left, which which way. Mm. Through all of that, through his murderers, mm-hmm. through his adulteress, through everything that he did. Mm. But God's way came through. Mm. Yeah. Because he stayed close to God. They didn't get assisted. Exactly. People went to- when some new age people are telling you there are many ways to get to, to heaven. No, no there's yeah. not. There's yeah. one. One, one, yeah. one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Bible I have or the Bibles I have, I have the Bible in eight different versions. And mm. every one of them says that I am the way. Mm. Yep. No, no man Absolutely. come to the Father except except through me. Except That's through it. Jesus. End except up. Through, and, yeah. I haven't and seen a Bible yet that tells different ways. No, no. Even though the way the world is going now. Don't be surprised if you start seeing some strange versions of the Bible. But um, yeah, my goodness, it's that time already. Mm. So thank you all for staying with us. I think we've learned. It's interesting. We started talking about Bathsheba and somehow we landed on David. But I think (laughs) this is the thing. David finds a way among women. Among women, no matter how. (laughs) But you know what? I think it's been great. And I think David's relationship with God is, is one of those things that pretty much every Christian can relate to, no matter how mm. far you fall. And, mm. and even with Bathsheba, I hope, guys, that we, you know, you've enjoyed learning about Bathsheba as much mm. as we've learned. Mm. And I really love what, you know, all of you have said, um, G and um, Sidoni, about the redeeming qualities that we have, no matter, mm. because we're made in God's image. So mm. you couldn't be so bad that there is nothing redeeming about you. Mm-hmm. And... You know, speaking of Bathsheba, David, the whole family, I think if you if you feel bad that you come from a dysfunctional family, right? Because I think sometimes we look at our families and we're like, oh my goodness, why was I born into this family? Um, Jesus came from a dysfunctional family. Like Jesus' lineage is on another level. Um, and I feel like sometimes when you go complaining to Jesus, like, look at my mom, look at my dad. He's like, have you seen my lineage? Yeah you know so Mm. yeah just remember that that no matter how hard it is god can pull out if god could pull the messiah from a background like david Mm. was his grandmother right she was a prostitute Mm. david you wonder where that womanizing came from you know Mm. he did his dad didn't sound like the most inspiring father either so Mm. but look what came out of it so amen yeah um, Yeah. i just hope that you all take something from this and Stay optimistic, stay close to God, no matter what. So Amen. who wants who Amen. wants to close me in prayer? Is that you go? No, no, please. I'm flagging no. my throat, so oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for um, this um, community and communion mm-hmm. of saints that we've had. Thank you for the lessons learned. Thank you for the lessons that you've reminded us of. Thank you, Lord, for um, 
reminding us that if we stay close to you, Lord, you will turn everything around and work it all out for our good. Um, as long as we love you and we stay according to your purpose um, for your will for our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to remember these truths in the dark times of life. Help us to remember these truths when we're faced with trials and the storms of life. And when we fail, Lord, and we sin and we feel so filthy in our sin, help us to remember, Lord, that we are made in your image and we do have redeeming qualities that you will look at, Lord. And help us to remember that you are a merciful and gracious God, Lord, and that we can never be so bad that you fail to love us completely. And um, for you will pull us out of the darkest, deepest pits and dust us off and, and um, wash us clean with your blood and present us to um, the Father in heaven before the throne of grace. We thank you so much for this gift that we don't deserve, yet you give us so freely the gift of salvation, the gift and the privilege to be able to call you Father. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to remember that day by day um, throughout our lives here on earth as we look forward to um, celebrating and praising you in glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank Amen. you, everyone. See you next week. Good night, everybody on Good Facebook. Night. Nighty night. Bye. Bye. And good night, everybody on Zoom land. Or uh, Zoom land. Bye. <laughs>